This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Exodus chapter one and we're in verse 15. And today is one of those good days for me as a morning Bible study leader on a social network platform, because today's one of those days where I, uh, I slow down my how much my Bible study is disseminated out there. It's one of those days where I talk about something that is clearly scriptural, but will be will be filtered out by the platforms that not only we're doing Bible study on this, but also on the podcast that will be released probably two years from now when we get to this place in Exodus after we finish Psalms and Genesis on the podcast. As I'm teaching through this, I am totally recognizing that that what I'm teaching will be slowed down and the social networks will make sure that it's it's not heard by many people. That being said, it is two important understandings from Scripture that we can gain and we can see about how Satan seeks to demoralize, seeks to undermine, and ultimately destroy not only God's people, but he seeks to destroy a whole nation and whole communities. And if you don't think that Satan is in the business of destroying whole communities and whole nations, he's been doing that for centuries. And that's what he that's what he wants to do. Remember, Satan wants his will to be preeminent. God desires his will, but God's will is good. God's will is perfect. God's will is uh is right because God is the creator of all things, and he is infinitely good, infinitely powerful, infinitely knowledgeable, infinitely timeless. And when he made all things, he made them right. And when things operate according to God's will, they operate rightly in the universe that he made. And the understanding of that idea when I say it's good, uh, if I make a machine and I make it for a certain purpose, and I know intimately how that machine's to work, if you come along and use it in a different way, it probably is not going to work the way you want it to work because I made it for a different purpose. Now, you may be smarter than me and maybe be able to refit it and make it work better than I did. But remember, I'm not perfect and I'm not infinite and I'm not all-knowing. God is. And so no one can make the world work better than God can. No one can make the world operate in a way that is better than God. God is, by definition, good, okay? And so uh, when he makes the universe, there's certain things that he abhors, and there's certain th- ways he's made things to operate and to function properly. And Satan is always in the business of destroying those things in the way they operate. He is always in the business of doing what he can 
to disrupt and destroy the will of the Father because he wants his will to be preeminent and to be the most. And so when we come to the book of Exodus, we understand that we're studying we're studying God's plan for his people in the midst of the world, which Egypt is a picture of the world throughout Scripture, and Pharaoh being symbolic of Satan. And so we've got a picture of Satan, we've got a picture of the world, we've got a picture of God's people, and we've got a picture of God's plan and God's work in the world. And remember, even though the God's people are in the world, even though they're under Satan's rule, God has made them prosper, even though they've been enslaved by sin in Egypt. We know all those pictures. All those pictures are perfect and clear. If you don't understand, go back to the last two Bible studies and you'll see what I'm talking about. Now, the way Satan does, and he do, he's been doing this throughout time, he does two things in a society, or he will do two things in a nation, and he will work to destroy those nations through, those, through these two things. And I want you to hear me today because these two things are preeminent and they are at work in our nation today also. It says, then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives being the women who helped pregnant women have children. He spoke to the Hebrew midwives of whom the name of one was Ziphrah and the other one was Puah. And he said, when you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stools, if it is a son, then you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. All right. Now, I want you to hear me today because I'm going to be very specific and I'm going to be very to the point and I'm going to be very matter of fact about these two things. These two things are things that the devil has been doing since the very beginning. Okay, he's been doing this since the very start of the world. God created the world. God created government as an institution. The government was created to serve the other two institutions, which are the most important institutions. And those two institutions, first is the family, because remember, the family is the most intimate of all relationships. It is the foundation of community and society, okay? And God himself calls us a part of his family, which means we're a part of the most intimate group for him. We are a part of the, we are the foundation of his community, all right? And then the second institution is the church, and that is an outgrowth of the family. It is the community. It's the community of God meeting together once families come. And if you'll notice, most of the time in church, families are a part of the community of God. When they come together, God's people make up a group of people who are working out God's purposes and God's will in the greater community and the greater world they live in. All right, so the three institutions are government, family, and church. Government is made to serve the, the family and the church. The family is the most intimate community that God made us uh, to be a part of, not only our own personal family, but his family. And then church is his family. It's the family of God. And uh, so those institutions are very important, and uh, they operate for the purpose of God's will being fulfilled in the world we live in. Now, listen to me. This is important. The first way God wants to destroy a society that it, not God, the enemy wants to destroy a society that is in any way perhaps going to be used by God to build his kingdom. 
the first thing that happens and one of the sure ways to destroy a society and to destroy a kingdom and a nation is for that nation to begin in some way or some form or some fashion to kill their children, okay? And that is seen throughout Scripture. The Egyptians started killing the Hebrew children. They had an effort to kill the Hebrew children. In fact, they sent out they sent out their army later on to kill the Hebrew firstborn males, kill the male children of a society. And what happened? Within a hundred years, the Egyptian power in the world was diminished greatly. In fact, it caved in on itself and they had to reform their society. We see this with the Jews when they were when they were in the promised land. They began to take up the practice of the Canaanites. They began to sacrifice their children on the altar. And what happened? The northern kingdom went into captivity into Syria and were never seen again. The southern kingdom actually had a revival, but God said to them that you that he would forgive a lot of things, but the taking of innocent blood or the killing of children would not be acceptable and that he would destroy them and he'd send them into captivity for 70 years. And that's exactly what happened. That's exactly how it worked out. We see the Jews again back in Israel, and and Herod finds out that there's a Messiah from these Magi who've come to worship him. And what does he do? He kills all the children, all the first, all the male children born in his kingdom up to three years old. What happens within seventy years? Within seventy years, again, these numbers and God's plan and God's purposes are, cannot be stopped. It cannot be slowed down, cannot be ended. The Egyptian society ended 80 years later, okay? Within 70 years, what happens? Jerusalem is sacked, and the Jewish people are scattered all over the world. You see it over and over again. A society that does not cherish and does not place as preeminence human life, more importantly, innocent human life, a society that does not do that, is doomed to destruction. It is doomed to destruction. And that happens throughout world history. Whenever societies begin to make, begin to sacrifice, and then they inevitably go to sacrificing children. We see that with some of the indigenous empires of South America. All of a sudden, they're great empires, and then they just absolutely collapse. And a lot of times, historians can't figure out why. I'm going to tell you, they can figure out that they began to have human sacrifice, and then all of a sudden, you have collapse because human sacrifice inevitably heads toward child sacrifice, and then ultimately child sacrifice ultimately ends a society. God ultimately brings that society to destruction because the enemy hates the innocent. The enemy hates the plan and the will of God, and if the enemy can destroy that plan or will of God right when the child comes out of the womb, all the better. And it brings about upheaval. It brings about nations being destroyed. And the enemy loves that because the enemy enemy functions best in chaos and disorder. God is a God of order. God is a God of discipline. And the enemy and Satan works best when that's going on. And when people tell you that you have a right to take the life of someone else, especially someone else's innocent life, they're wrong. You, you Governments have yet been given the power from immemorial back to take the lives of the guilty. 
and there that needs to be done properly and it needs to be done rightly i would say our government does not do that properly and rightly it doesn't do it quickly and it doesn't do it in such a way that it would cause people not to act in the way the murderers or the killers are being executed for so i would say it doesn't do it rightly but but that being said i'm not against capital punishment of the guilty that be, but let me say that let me be firm about this what Satan was doing and what was going on in Egypt here is he was trying to destroy the Jews. And the way he was going to destroy the Jews was by killing their children. And uh, that, is a, that is a clear sign of the work of the enemy in a society when a society does that. Now, we do know that we, we are a society that has that practice as a part of who we are. And it is a racist practice because if you are darker skinned, you're three times more likely to be killed in your mother's womb than if you're lighter skinned. It is a horrendous, heinous practice. Not only have we begun to kill our children, but we've begun to use them as use their body parts as for our own horrific experiments. And we have gone to the very bottom in degradation and we have undermined the moral and spiritual authority that our society has had because of that. And there's no other way to say it. And there's no other way to approach this. It is clear throughout scripture that God hates the taking of innocent blood. And if you don't like that, nothing I, can t- nothing I can say to you about it. That I'm not even going to make a, I'm not even going to try to argue with you about it. God hates the taking of innocent blood and he will not stand it. He will not stand it at all. Now, the second thing that we see going on here is a very important thing. God has created families. And in the garden, he said quite clearly, and you need to understand we're in a time and an age where this is under attack also, this truth that's unassailable. He said in the garden, he made them male and female. Male and female, did he make them? And there are only two of them, male and female. And God created us that way for a reason and for a purpose. And his will was such that we would be, that we would be, but we would be different. And remember, equality is not equality or sameness is not equality. Equality of outcome is not equality. Equality is equality of opportunity, equality to become all that we were made to be within who we actually are. And God made us male and female. And the way the enemy seeks to destroy societies also is to diminish what it means to be a man or what it means to be a woman. And that can be very destructive. A society that treats its females as if they are will eventually be destroyed. A society that treats their males as if they're not who they're supposed to be, which are supposed to be the protectors, the leaders, the ones who seek out what God's doing and lead their family in worship, lead their family in seeking out God's will. Societies that have that going on, God blesses, and he always has. The enemy is always at work trying to destroy the very core dynamic that God created when he created Adam and Eve in the garden, when he created the family, when he created the male and female, they both, males and females are not the same. There are some females 
who are who have a lot of what we would call male qualities. And there are a lot of males who have what we call female qualities, but that does not make them male or female. That make them the other sex. It never has, never will. People who say we want to follow the science, there is no way to follow the science and say that there's anything other than male and female. Now, everything else is an outgrowth of your own mind and your own heart. It's not an outgrowth of the actual science. And so to say anything other than that is unscriptural. To say anything other than that is unbiblical. To say anything other than that is against the will of the Father. To say anything other than that is to join Satan in his work in this world in destroying God's people, in destroying the family, and in destroying what God has been doing and, and been at work doing for the past. And I understand that this is not in any way what our society wants to hear today. I realize that even among church people, they don't want to hear this. It's too bad because it's clear in Scripture that God has a purpose and a reason for all the things he's done. And he's made those things so that we could have his very best, so that we could prosper, and so that we could see his his kingdom's purposes and alive and at work in our lives. And those of us who who refuse or those of us who are unwilling to walk and to become and to see God's purposes and will at work in our lives and who want to follow and chase after the world are doomed to die with those lies and to die with those things that have been clearly shown in scripture and shown by God to be untrue. And that's exactly what Satan's doing or Pharaoh's doing in this story. He is getting the Hebrew midwives to kill the boys. Now, <clears throat> that is killing the innocent. Can't do that is destroying what it means to be male and thus undermining what it means to be female. And you can't do that. It is those two things are of high importance in the way God does things and the way God sees things. And ultimately, the way God is at work in his kingdom. And so I would say to you today that if you are at work doing and at work becoming and at work seeing God in your life, then you need to understand these principles and you need to set them aside and, and say to your own self and your own heart that this is the truth. And I need to orient my life toward God's truth, not the way society wants me to see things. That being said, I'd say to you this morning that God is continuing to bless us. And he blesses those who order their lives according to his word and to his will. And if you'll do that, I can promise you this, his power, his purpose, and his passion will be at work in your life continually over and over again. And I'd say to you today, may God bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name. Amen. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.